too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we. That wasn't a great pod, was it? You want to run it back? Ma. Golf Lady at 227. That's Meet Me in the Woods by Lord Huron. Meet Me in the Woods. See that See that connection with Tiger Woods? Coming back this week to Riviera. And r- really just a coincidence because I heard that song out and I, it just sparked my, rekindled my love affair with Lord Huron, who I think is the most underrated band <clears throat> perhaps ever. Just go listen to their, um, what is their core album? Strange Trails. It's incredible. Start to finish, every song. And I, for the life of me, I don't know why they're not more popular. But that is Meet Me in the Woods. Meet Me in the Tiger Woods. That is it. Let me turn down the gain a little bit. Just a little bit. There it goes. Gain. That's a uh, podcasting word for volume of your mic. So Golf Landia 227. It is Wednesday. February 15th at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 2 p.m. for you mountain time soakers that I had to endure for the entire week out at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I will never, as I said on Twitter, ever live under the tyranny of mountain time. These folks don't even... These these, these Aztec cave-dwelling folks under mountain time, you know who you are, you don't even follow or appreciate daylight savings. That's not that's like not celebrating Thanksgiving in the USA. Daylight savings we all need to buy into, and you just decided not to. So just go kick George Washington in the dick. <clears throat> Eastern time. It should be Eastern time everywhere. Be ruled by New York City Eastern Standard Time. Even quote England, we won. Sorry. Rise and shine, it's 1 a.m., England. So what? So what? We won. Get over yourselves. What did we learn from last week at the Waste Management Phoenix Open? We learned a lot. One, Scheffler is insanely good. And again this week, he's the second priced, second highest priced, sub 11 K 
will be 13% owned, which is half of probably Rory or Rom, and none of us will play him, and he'll win again. We just cannot get behind the guy because it's Scheffler. Just like vanilla toast. So I'm on episode three here, episode two here of Full Swing. What else do we learn? Ricky Fowler is ascending. God, I hope he doesn't go to live tour, but you know, looking at episode two or three, whatever he was on, it seemed like he was definitely contemplating it at one point. Ricky is someone that will have brand equity forever on the PGA tour, much like Brooks did. You know, you know, he made a lot of money leaving Brooks did and, and you know, it makes a lot more sense as to why he did on full swing. But the net present value of the money he got, will it, will it surpass what he could have earned, even if he wasn't super Brooks, but just as the alpha dog he was and what he did in that three-year span over the next 30 years of his life, just with Michelob Ultra. I don't know. What else did we learn? Tom Kim, a lot of question marks. He was our, you heard it here, first play. Not great. So we're down to two for three. <laughs> um, and we also learned Troy Merritt is a Ponzi scheme. After the stunt he pulled last, the previous week at Pebble Beach, and then goes out. I don't even know he made the cut, but he was doing well early. It drove me insane, Troy Merritt. But again, phenomenal tournament. PGA Tour should take some cues from this, by the way. And I have a whole business plan that could be white glove delivered to the PGA Tour that they can absolutely use and dominate with. based on the waste management. But at the end of the day, it's always about real competition. Next man up, the, it's, it's not about the players individually necessarily. It's about can, can the little guy beat Scotty Scheffler? But, you know, I argued in the fall, golf is in a bad spot. Never mind. I was wrong. Leave it to the waste management Phoenix Open to ignite the pilot light of the PGA Tour. The ratings are up from year on year. 25% on some days, year on year. And and all of a sudden we're we're excited, at least I am again for the Masters. And if you look at the Live Tour, this is the last time I'll talk about the Live. But it made $0 in revenue, not profit, in revenue in 2022 according to those legal documents. At least that was the quote from Golf Digest. Zero dollars in revenue. Yet still forcing these, these team concept down our throat. And you can see Brooks slowly. I mean, if you look at him on episode two, you know, this stuff just, <clears throat> he can't handle doing this, you know, silly bullshit. I can only imagine how he feels about forcing the smash team on us. But that's the mandate from everyone. People just aren't listening 
hearing enough about the teams, but they'll love them. No, they won't. You're still sub 7,000 followers across 12 teams. You made no money in 12 months. You know, Poulter's justification for going was that, you know, he was showing up at tournaments and not making any money because he was missing cuts. But the miscalculation was that people were showing up to watch him swing a club. They weren't. Clearly, he talked about his social media following and how much of an advantage that is for the live tour. No one followed him. Look at his interactions. He's getting killed if he gets any interactions at all about the cliques or whatever Hogwarts that he's a member of. These guys believed in their own hype. Yes, and there is hype around them if they're affiliated with the tour that we all love. And that's been my argument since day one. And so, you know, PGA Tour numbers are up. I mean, the Barstool Mini Putt Contest was getting 26,000 YouTube viewers live. Live. That's more than a live event. So, I mean, you can't be embarrassed to be part of your league, which a lot of these guys are hiding their replies on Twitter. You can't hide in general and have zero revenue. This isn't a, I know I get the startup you know, analogy here, but it's not. It's not. I get it. I know what a startup is. Google Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame. See me. This is, this is an organization that bought some, and credit to them, they bought some of the best talent in the world. So you're, you're buying a functioning business model, and they made no money off of it. They've got 7,000 or less followers across 12 teams with some of the best, most prominent golfers in the world. No one cares. So that's not a startup business. They're not, they're not just reinventing a new game. They bought it. They bought the gas station. So the gas should be sold. So does Greg just keep going back to the well needing more money? And if so, what's in it for the Saudis at this point? Does this keep writing checks? I mean, it's been a year. Anyone wearing four aces gear? You'll never see one hat in 2023. So, but I think that in episode three of this full swing, no spoilers, was the mindset behind guys like Poulter was that they believed in their own hype and their ability to draw attention and bring it to a new tour and their deservedness to get paid. It's not there. His history, courses, tournaments, next man up, little guy winning, that's it. So at what point do the Saudis stop caring? Saying, no, we're not going to write any more checks for this. I tell you what, you know, this is the Trump tour. He doesn't want to be part of a loser. (laughs) I promise you that. So that's the last time I'll talk about Liv. So Tiger comes in after the waste management and just really steps on some throats comes back out of nowhere and starts playing again. Now, there is the guy that they had to have. 
is Tiger. That is the one person in the world who moves the meter. And the only one, really, who you actually stop to watch play golf, swing a club, is him. Still. Forever and always. So that'll be exciting. Just be careful with your cut bets with him, though. I remember an interview years ago, a couple years ago, where he said these greens have always been torture for him. Paraphrasing. So, I mean, it's a it's a, a lot of elevation course. It's a tough walk. He hasn't played. I know in any situation he could win, but this is not one he's done really well at. Admittedly so, in his words. Um, we did a cut line last week, hazing, cut line hazing, we did a cut line, I just read my note and I have no idea what I was meaning here, but I'll try to work my way through it. We did cut line spaces last week for Friday because we needed a plus one cut to get a six of six in. Like a lot of guys at plus one were not through. Cantlay for one, Chris Kirk for me another. So it's kind of fun, you know, sweating this when you need a plus one cut to get your guys through for six of six. And just the you know, your hostility towards everyone <laughs> and how much you hated Cam Young for performing well to move the cut line. So it's nothing against these players, but it's just fun to talk that way, especially when the broadcast guaranteed that it would be no worse than even, which they were right on. But, you know, for a moment, without some luck, it could have gotten to plus one for sure. So we're the ones doing the math on this. We know exactly what we want and need. And it's never really about, oh, do I get to see Ian Poulter hit a wedge shot today? Who cares? Um, they've already started talking about milkshakes for Mirrorfield for the memorial for Jack's tournament. And uh, nothing against Jack's milkshakes, but absolutely milkshakes are a zero in my book. I mean, no way am I starting a tournament in 93-degree weather with a belly full of strawberry milk. And I will argue that to my grave. But we're not there yet. We're at Riviera, one of the top-tier courses on tour, a fantastic tournament, which I will call the Gemini instead of the Genesis. Um, I just tweeted my course notes for it. Um, Riviera, very difficult test. Move the ball both ways, tight fairways. I think they're 27-ish yards wide on average. Um, They're firm and fast and will run out. But the Kikuya rough, the Kikuya rough, which you'll hear a lot of, is like Velcro. That's what Trevor Illman always says. It's very difficult rough to hit out of. So you want to hit fairways like you do every week. But... Firm and fast Poa greens. Very difficult to even make short putts, especially late day. Tiger himself, quote, has struggled on these greens over the years. A lot of elevation changes, depth perception challenges, really a thinker's course that demands short game prowess. Um, It makes no surprise that Homa, who knows how to play it safe, won here. Uh, Risk-reward holes like hole 10, but it's great golfers, tee to green, period. Inform iron players, skill around the green, smart, strategic. It will not be a lockbox this week. 
And so I'm looking at I'm looking at Scheffler sub 11k 13% owned, which is bananas. It could come up, but you know, at what point are we going to start just buying into Scotty Scheffler's good? You're going to have Hovland way up there. Uh, probably as uh, Alex K mentioned on Twitter, he asked who who he thinks is going to be the highest owned in high stakes. Hovland probably. Finau, of course. I don't think McElroy will be as high as 23.5, only projected percentage owned because of the performance last week. He did not look great. I don't think I've ever seen Rory McElroy make a putt within 10 feet. Hmm. That ice brought to you by New Air. New Air Ice. Grab some today. And then um, Shoffley looks good to me. Adam Scott, I like a lot. But there's some good prices in the mid-sevens. I think that Lowry and Fleetwood are too low-priced and probably should make a cut with the game they've got here. Taylor Moore as well. I will stay on Taylor Moore. But if I want a non-super chalky pick in terms of a win, in terms of a win, it's difficult. I was going to say Adam Scott. I like Jason Day. I think I think Jason Day is almost... I mean, Scheffler's probably going to win, but I can't say Scheffler. Scott and Jason Day, definitely. I think Jason Day is very close. But I honestly think that Max Homo goes and does it again. I mean, he just has... He won it two years ago. I think he can do it again. Didn't look great last week, but you know, flop lag. So you heard it here first. Max Homa wins this week with a close second to Adam Scott and Jason Day. But you heard it here first. Max Homa wins. Close second. Adam Scott, Jason Day. That's it. Have a good week.